WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Good morning. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent A. Nichols. Only one of us elected to start Baker Mayfield at quarterback over Lamar Jackson this weekend at fantasy football. <laughs> and I'll let you all guess who that was. Um, big, big weekend sports. God, the NFL has arrived. My wife asked me at one point yesterday afternoon, is this what we're going to do today? I said, this is what we're going to do all winter. Yes, <laughs> this is what we're going to do all day. She she acts brand new sometimes. But I got more football this weekend than I knew what to do with, and I kind of went into overload by last night. And I was almost relieved that there was no tension involved in that Patriots-Steelers game to close the day. Good God, how bad are the Steelers? I was uh, I was pretty disappointed. I thought that was going to be the game that would be like the final little shootout. You know, trading blows back and forth and ended up a dud. Shoot, I got more football yesterday than I have in about nine years. It was amazing. I think we should just cancel the season now. So, guys, after watching that Pats offense... Without AB, come on, man. Well, can you imagine how? if they had a wide receiver? Oh no! Sorry. How is it even fair? That looked like that you're going to take that Madden video game offense and add Antonio Brown to it. It's and- like a killer whale slapping a little baby seal out in the middle of the ocean. That's kind of what that looked like last night. In the post game, Tom Brady's like, "Yeah, we got some things we need to improve on. We weren't that good tonight." <laughs> what are you talking about? He, dude? he felt. He said before the game, he felt like their offense was a work in progress, and probably by Thanksgiving, they would be clicking on all heels. So it's put did the NFL say, on alert. Dude. Did you just say they were going to be clicking on all heels? Yeah, I don't was know. Was that, that means. a Wizard of Oz reference I, that you I, threw in I already? Think that was a tap dancing you're, reference. You're I don't know. You're, you're amazingly lame. So, all right, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to go around the room, and I want you to identify things that you thought you knew as a dead set certainty coming into week one that have been disproven. And I think that if you were to do this across the country, the number one thing would have to be people would have to fess up that they thought the Browns were for real. And I, I want to preface this by saying that I've been watching football closely and covering it for enough years that I know week one doesn't mean a heck of a lot. You've got teams, you, you've got offenses you haven't seen before, you've got players you're not prepared for. So three weeks from now, those games mean something and are a better indicator of what's going on. But I think we saw some things fly off the screen this weekend that are just indisputable. And I know, I believe, that I have identified the worst two teams in each conference. I know who the worst team in the AFC is, and I know who the worst team in the NFC is. And I'll start with the AFC with Miami. I love what Baltimore's doing on offense. When everybody else goes left and one one team goes right, I love it. 
do something different, go against the grain. And I'd love to get into a situation moving forward in the next four or five years where you have significantly different offenses being run in one, one city versus the other. And I think back to the days of the run and shoot. Remember when it was Atlanta and Detroit and a couple of teams running the run and shoot, and what they did on offense looked nothing like what anybody else did. Then you fast forward to the Jimmy Johnson era when he when he implemented the Wildcat in Miami and a handful of teams started doing that, and they did something that was dramatically different than other teams. Because what we got into in the last couple of years is everybody goes four wide all the time, and they all run the same type offense. There's no real creativity because everybody's doing the same thing. But I'll tell you honestly, I think defenses have caught up to that offense. And your supremely talented quarterbacks, the Bradys of the world, the Mahomes of the world, they're going to have success going four for, for wide all the time, running the ball as an afterthought, and just picking you apart. But I don't think that outside of that top-tier of quarterbacks – that that's just going to work, that we're just going to line up and everybody's going to run the same type offense. So I think out of necessity, you're going to see some teams make different moves akin to what Baltimore is doing. Now, that all said, I started this by saying that the one thing I know is who the two worst teams in football are, and in the AFC, it is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, that embarrassment they suffered at home in Brian Flores' inaugural game as the head coach, it couldn't have gone any worse. And ProFootballTalk.com is actually, they actually have said that the feedback they're getting out of the locker room is that at the end of that game, there were several players on that team in touch with their agents asking them to manipulate trades to get them out of Miami. Now, this is a team that we don't know if they're going to tank. We don't know what they're going to do. We do know that you they gave... You don't know if they're going to tank or not? Are you well, I, I, uh, I, yeah, good point. <laughs> I didn't until a couple of days ago. Now, first of all, they remember, they gave away their starting left tackle. They get a first-round pick back in the deal, but that's basically punting on this year. And apparently, when Laramie Tunstall started to be rumored as a, as a possible trade candidate... The players threatened to revolt, and now it's in full swing. And to take nothing away from Lamar Jackson and this offense that Baltimore's running, there is not a quarterback on a roster in the NFL that couldn't have made a lot of those throws that Lamar Jackson was making because he had receivers literally running wide open. So which is which is the point to take away from that, that, hey, Lamar Jackson this Baltimore offense is for real? Or that Miami's the worst team in the AFC? I mean, I think they're for real, for sure. But because, you know, um, Jackson was – he was throwing over the top, and they were like in-stride passes. It's not like they, you know, waited on a pass or anything like that. He was making good passes. Um, I think Miami is that bad, so you're not going to see Baltimore hang 40-some. Wasn't it 40? Oh, no, it was 59 50, to 10 was the final 59 score points. in Excuse Miami. Me. I think I checked out at 40-something. <laughs> but my point is is that they're, they are for real, and I think that offense is going to be tough to figure out at least six games into the season um, just because I feel like his legs keep the, the defense so honest, but yet he was beating them over the top. There was like – there was – 
two defenders beat on one play that I, I was just like, man, that's a perfect throw. I knew they did not expect that from Jackson. And then the guy, obvious guy, obviously the guy can run the ball. So, I mean, I think the two takeaways from that one game is that Miami is definitely in tank mode. I knew that before the season started. And uh, probably not a bad thing for, th- for them to do because Miami's not been any good for a long time. You know, might as well rip the Band-Aid off and go ahead and start fresh this year. But I think I do think Baltimore is going to win their fair share of games this year. Well, I think we should slow our roll on, you know, giving the MVP to Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm not suggesting that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we can judge if that's for real or not. It was Miami. I mean, next week, what are they going to give up? 70 points to the Patriots? I oh, mean, come hey, on. Look, in North Carolina high school football, once you go down by 42, it's a running clock. They might as well just run the clock from the opening kickoff next weekend. I mean, they might as well just play a half. So I think Baltimore is going to be surprisingly a lot better. But let's let's just see how everything comes out. Well, we can't, well that's a, that's you can't pretty... take away... We can't make these judgments after week one. It's like, you know, every year in fantasy football, somebody has a really great week one and everybody goes nuts on the waiver wire to pick that guy up it's week one well how many it's people Miami. are scrambling to add lamar jackson right now and and i agree with you and that's why i preface this by saying that week one is not a clear indicator you don't know what those matchups mean right now i mean for all we know miami could come back and be a 12-win team i i don't know what alternate universe that might be possible in but bros that's why we get paid the big bucks to go ahead and make calls on on these types of things. We oh, this is great radio. Hey, we just don't know yet. Let's just let's just hang around and just twiddle our thumbs until it actually becomes factual. So here's on, okay, so so what's the what's the likelihood? I want to hear from a percentage standpoint that Lamar Jackson is one of the three Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the AFC at the end of this season. What's the, what's the chance? Gosh, there's so much. There's so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Well, of course there are. There, I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC. I mean, you got to have Pat Mahomes, t- Tom well, Brady. Does he even go to these Pro Bowls anymore? Tom Brady's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, so he will not be eligible for the for the uh, Pro True Bowl. True that. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, that he could be, but there's so much depth. I mean, I would have said Big Ben, but I bet you Big Ben's is he married? He's probably talking to the wifey, going, "Hey, man, this might, this might be it for me," because I can't see him sticking around uh, with that kind of. No, this is the first year in 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 a couple that Ben hadn't alluded or suggested that he might walk away from the game. I'm I would not be surprised if two or three weeks from now we start to hear that, and he's like, "Ah, well, you know, I'm thinking about punching out." It couldn't be any fun. And you got to blame Dante Moncrief, the guy that forgot how to catch a football. Why? Why do you buy? Why? Why Moncrief? Uh, did you watch the game I, I last did, night? But, I mean, there how were, many receptions did he have? But there were a whole lot more issues uh, with that offense. I don't understand why they went with Moncrief. All of the word coming out of camp was, "Well, okay, Moncrief's established himself." I told you guys a month and a half ago, James Washington is a legit receiver in the NFL. And in the second half, they decided, oh, why don't we throw the ball out there to Washington a little bit? Washington did his thing. But that team's got issues across the board. And that's a that's the sort of polar opposite from the Ravens. Let's not anoint the Ravens. Not, let's not anoint Lamar Jackson. Let's sort of wait and see on him. 
but on the Steelers as well. We've seen the Steelers come out flat to begin a season before. But you they've to, always seemed to put it back together. But you have to admit, defenses are going to dread having to prepare for that offense. Like for which if, offense? For the, the Baltimore. Baltimore. Of course they are. I mean, every defense in the league is going to be dreading. Oh gosh, here we got Baltimore. You know, you could, and he, the guy's going to run. He he could just do the do the runs and pitch, and it still hurts you. But now he's throwing the ball. Well, and they seem to have a a fleet of running backs now that are sort of interchangeable. Mark Ingram's the the bell cow in that group, but they've got depth. And last year, they started with a pretty good core of running backs. It looked like, and then the guys went down like flies one by one. Health of those running backs and health of Lamar Jackson, keeping him upright in this offense, is going to be key. But we're going to go through, we'll talk about a little bit more about things we saw this weekend, what it means, what we thought we knew. Hang out with us. We'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening from the Cheap Seats. message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Welcome back from Cheap Seat. Talking NFL football this morning. And we started. All right. I asked the question, what did you think you knew coming into this week and where does it stand now? The second thing that I thought I knew was that the Colts were going to tank this year. And apparently 
I was mostly wrong, but I was a little bit right. Because 52 guys on that roster and the coaching staff decided not to tank, and Adam Vinatieri decided, I'm going to tank all by myself. Colts should be 1-0. The Colts should be 1-0, and Brandon loves that. We'll, we'll talk about that here in just a sec. But Vinatieri is 46 years old. He's been in the league 24 years. Only twice before in his entire career had he missed three kicks, two field goals, and an extra point. Cost San Diego. <laughs> I did that on purpose that time. Cost the Chargers a, 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 or excuse me, cost the Colts a chance to beat the Chargers, and really would have kind of turned the world on its axis. I don't see how this Colts team is going to win more than six games this year. Brandon seems to think that they're a fringe playoff team. I think this one getting away from them is one we're going to look back on because I think by midseason they will be on full-on tank mode. Well, I mean, the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers. <clears throat> they should not be Los Angeles. They um usually start off really slow in the season. I think they're really good this year. So, I mean, I think to say that you know, a Chargers loss because a kicker can't put it through the up- uprights, do his job. Um, that that's an indicator of the rest of the season. I think that's a little. And that's usually what this happens of, to the Chargers is yeah. the kicker. The kicker, <laughs> kicker get usually gets them. You, you know, the Chargers usually come out of the gate like one and four and then win the rest of their games or something like that. But I think they're going to be really good, probably a favorite out of the AFC. But uh, the Colts are so much better than everybody thought they were coming in here and you know it's the first game and it's against Phillip Rivers so I mean you make the kicks you win the game and that's as simple as that and you're like you're I never said that they were fringe playoffs I said they're just outside of the playoffs now I mean okay you're saying you're saying they're gonna win how many games this year last week I said seven or eight okay and I said there's no chance you said four yeah, but I said there's no chance they're going to win seven games. Yeah, and okay. I think we placed I still a wager. Think they will. And and you walked out of here and thought he couldn't really be serious about that. And I am a thousand percent serious. Well, the th- about the that. thing is, is that you and Trent were talking about them getting the number one pick next year, and I'm like, wait, a d- Brandon, wait I was a- on your side. I said they're a fringe I, I thought playoff you guys, team. Okay, I thought you guys were because they're a lot Brandon, better. Brandon just because to, Brandon likes to play the victim, he thinks we're always ganging up on him. So even when you jump on his side of things. You know, the good thing about this is it's all on tape, so we could just roll it back and I, listen to it. I got you. I, I don't need to be on tape. I, I will tell you that I said there's no chance they win seven ball games. Okay, if they And I told you that if you if they win seven or less than seven ball games, you have to go to a concert. But more specifically, I'm gonna make you go see Third Eye Blind with me again. Oh, come on! Man. Yeah, no, no, no. See, it wouldn't be fun if I took you to see somebody new. Come on! I'm gonna take you to see the one band that you and I have attended a concert at before, and I know you didn't like it the first time around, so I'm gonna make you do it again. I have that's to, that, that's my I have side to of the way. Sit there and watch you stare into this dude's eyes like you're in love and sing likes- every song at the top of my lungs this time because I held back. <laughs> Last time, because I didn't want to seem like a little fanboy. Next time, I'm wearing my third eye blind T-shirt. I think I'm gonna put a little bit of eyeliner on. Hey, I need you to give out the phone number because I don't know it. You need to give out the phone number. Are there other people out there that don't like to be in hot, sweaty crowds, shoulder to shoulder with people who haven't bathed in two weeks, just to go see somebody live when I can actually just punch it up on Pandora? I'd like to hear. Give the phone number, Chris, because I want to hear from people that. 
don't like to go to concerts. I mean, who? I mean, I know that when you're young, I used to like to go to concerts. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm in my forties. Okay, it's fair that you ask people out there that don't like going to concerts. I want to know what concert, what, what bands are out there right now that you'll go see over and over and over again. And and you know, obviously, a lot of the guys I loved that I would go to see over and over again are not here. Like I was the first name that popped in my mind was Chris Cornell. He's not here. You know, I mean, so, I mean, I just, I don't know that there's that many bands. I mean, like you said, Wu-Tang Clan was in Raleigh, what, about a couple of months ago? Nah, I didn't go. You know, I got to know my, I got to know my age. All right, well, listen. So, if we don't win, if the Colts don't win seven games, I got to go to some crappy concert with you. I I am offended that you would say crappy concert. Trent, what should he have to do when the Colts win seven games? <sighs> I got to think about that. All right. I we'll want to hear y'all chime in. 919-774-4653. That's 919-774-4653. If you want to talk about concerts or the NFL or anything else, give us a call. We'll get you on the air. The phone lines are open. 919-774-4653. Um. So, I got one so, for you. I got go, one for you. Please. What I thought I knew was that Eli Manning would make it at least halfway through the season before Daniel Jones took over. So him. what week are you what week are you predicting Daniel Jones gets his chance to play in the NFL? Week three. Wow. They um the game was out of out of hand. Daniel Jones went in. Of course he uh did he fumble? I think he fumbled. But these guys are antsy to get this guy in. I thought that he was going to hold a clipboard for at least eight weeks, but I think by week three... I was thinking he would hold a clipboard for about three years. Really? I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be a starting quarterback of quality in the NFL. Well, listen, you got Philly in your division. You got the Cowboys. Those are both established good teams. I don't know anything about Washington. It looks like they coughed up one yesterday. But you're not going to win this division. You're not going to make the playoffs, even with Saquon Barkley. I mean, he can't do it all by himself. And you got a young running back and a young quarterback. You might as well – I like this term, rip the Band-Aid off. It's time to go ahead and just take your lumps, give Daniel Jones some you know, good experience. He's got a running back that he can hand off to. He doesn't have to throw it all the time. Um, by the way, did you watch the Giants game? I watched enough of the Giants game to see that the Giants just weren't going to play defense. Is Ingram the only receiver that Eli Eli Manning can see on the field? I mean, that is uncanny. He's got tunnel vision right now. I I guess he's just getting to the point where he's washed up. But that that was the thing I thought I knew, but I just don't feel like it's going to be so. Well, I think think Jacksonville should uh, make that phone call, try to swipe Eli. It may happen. It may now that happen. Foles is uh, potentially out for a while. You just you just made me pivot from where we were going next. But Jacksonville, and and speaking of games that you can't tell anything about in Week One, it's almost not fair that a team has to draw Kansas City in Week One yeah. with what they do on offense. Now Tyreek Hill is down, and it's amazing that this cat finally got paid. And Kansas City, it was no, it was no dead set certainty Kansas City was going to give him any money, given all the off field issues Tyreek Hill has had. Uh, probably yeah. not a great human being, but he gets this big three year extension, 
and then in game one, out with I, a broken collarbone. I'm actually going to have my clavicle removed because there were so many clavicle injury injuries. Because you know, uh, what's your quarterback's name? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. His clavicle done. Well, and and that's what ties these two teams together. Is Jacksonville? You look at that defense; it it really doesn't mean anything because Kansas City, no matter who they played, it could have been the '85 Bears they played, were going to come out and hang 42 on somebody. Andy Reid and his staff have been in the lab for six months, getting ready to unveil what they're going to do, and they've got so many athletes; it's just not fair. If they stay healthy. That's got to be your Super Bowl team, or at least your conference championship team against the Patriots. This Patriots juggernaut. This is just comical. But Nick Foles, oh my God. You talk about being unprepared if a guy goes down. Gardner Minshew is now the starter in Jacksonville for the Who foreseeable future. And he didn't look horrible. I, I got it. But the game was already basically yeah, over. Yeah, come on. And, you know, the Chiefs do one thing really well, and that's play offense. That defense, we're going to hear a lot about it as the year goes on. I I got it. But Minishu is a guy who is accurate, can spread you out and find receivers underneath. I don't think he has the tools to push the ball down the field. This is not a guy that anybody foresaw being a starter at any point moving forward. Now, maybe he's a guy that flew under the radar and he blows up and he channels his inner Mike Leach and they they do something on offense, but you got to think they're in full-blown panic mode in Jacksonville. The problem with Manning at this point is that that's an expensive part-time guy to bring in, but maybe it works. I mean, this has got to be it for Manning. This has got to be his final year. Yeah. And if Jacksonville can establish, yes, this guy's going to run off into right off into the sunset. Manning had to have seen enough week one to know this is it. This team is not going anywhere. They don't play defense. No pressure on the quarterback. Dak had a clean pocket all all afternoon. Yeah, they and made receivers Dak look awesome. Right? Oh, and and holy overreaction! I know Batman. now he's the best receiver. He's the I'm best quarterback in the league. We told you he was worth thirty seven million dollars. He's about to sign some ridiculous extension. Jerry Jones, after the game, saying, you know, it's imminent. Dude, relax for a second. Play a real football team before you anoint this guy. They are about to overreact to this game that Dak put up, and I'm not taking anything away from him. Dak is a good quarterback. When you're throwing to wide-open receivers, we saw it with Lamar Jackson. We know Lamar Jackson is limited. Well, guess what? Dak's limited, too, and Dak can't run a 4-4-40 like Lamar Jackson can. I think Given this extension to Dak Prescott, what's coming down the pipeline is ridiculous, and it didn't get any less ridiculous based on the performance yesterday it's because you of, have to keep it in context. It's all of it. Costin and I were talking on the break. It's all about that offensive line, dude. I mean, I think Dak is, like you said, a good quarterback. I feel like yeah, the, I'm, league, he's not trash. the league has tried to shove him down our throats as a great quarterback, but – I don't. I don't know that there's any quarter, starting quarterback in the NFL that couldn't operate behind that offensive line. No, and and that's the thing. the The question is, if you let Dak get out of Dallas, what's Plan B? Can you bring somebody in there that's a Super Bowl quality quarterback? Dak's not that guy, and and that's not to say Dallas might not win a Super Bowl. It's sometime in the next three or four years, but it's not going to be because of Dak. I promise you that. You know, they've got Zeke Elliott. they got a nice defense. They've got some nice pieces all over. And that offensive line is just that good. So go ahead and pay Dak 
$37 million a year if you want to, that's going to come back to get you at some point down down the road. Uh, but Jerry Jones sprinkling money around like the, you know, he's the money fairy right Give now. He's some. out of control, man. Give me some. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. We're half an hour in. Got an hour and a half to go. If you're interested in calling in, hit us at 919-774-4653. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
Welcome back from the Chief Seats. Talking NFL football, all NFL for the most part. I want to take a quick interlude. There's there's two things I want to I want to get out there. First of all, we're talking about concerts earlier, and if you want to talk concerts, football, whatever, call us at 919-774-4653. That's 774-4653. First of all, I want to know who is the band that you have seen the most times in concert? Does anybody jump off at you? Trent? Um, Bob Dylan. You've seen Bob Dylan? The most. How many times? Five. Are you kidding me? Wow. See, that's a, a thousand times cooler than the band that I have seen the most times. <laughs> well, we already knew that. Thanks. Thanks. I've seen a lot of bands three times, but Bob Dylan I saw the most. I I've saw seen, him play with Paul Simon. That was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I've seen, Were they on um, stage together at any point during that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was just mad because Bob so Dylan cool. opened for Paul Simon, so Paul Simon got more of the show. Wow. How did yeah. that happen? I don't know. I don't, the night before they flip-flopped. You flip can flopped. call me out. You can call me out. <laughs> um, I've seen Rage Against the Machine multiple times. Okay. Kind of by accident. What, what, what's multiple times? Have you seen them three times? Three times. Okay. Like, so I saw them... Um, I saw them. They had a green. Uh, they had a Wu Tang Clan concert where Zach De La Rocha showed up with nice. his band, and they did their freestyle thing. And then I think they were at the uh, Lollapalooza down at the Rock. See, that's cooler than you deserve because you're not a live music guy. And but I used to go to concerts all the time when I was young. But I think it's. I'm not trying to say anything. You're else, old, I promise. dude. You're old. I'm just like I got. You know, sweaty kids banging up against me. It's just not my idea of a good time. I, I hear you, man. So, Rage is actually on my list of bands that I, I regret never having been able to see live. And I had pit tickets to see Rage years ago when I was in Lexington, Kentucky. And my ex-wife prevented that from happening Long story, but that's one of the reasons well, we're divorced. One of the cool things about so, my story is that they did play at the Rockingham Speedway, um, which was, believe it or not, a great something happened. Oh no, at, no, 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 no! Not was because they're they're rolling shows back out of the Rock. But now. I mean, what I was going to say, believe it or not, it was a really good sounding concert. I don't know what it is about the acoustics there, but it sounded phenomenal, better than I think Walnut Creek would have. Um, I don't know what happened to Walnut Creek that year, but they ended up having it there. But the cool part of that story, it's the like a week or so after that show, because Soundgarden was also there. So was Metallica. Awesome show, dude. But it was a week or so after that that they announced the swap and Audio Slave was born. So wow. I kind of got to watch it on stage, which is pretty That's cool. That's pretty dope. So the, the band that I have seen more than any other act is the Marshall Tucker Band. And I don't even like the Marshall Tucker Band. <laughs> but I have been to so many Southern Rock festivals in the Southeastern United States, and the Marshall Tucker Band is always on the bill. And 99% of the time, they're like the opener for the headliner, whether the, the, no matter who that might be, so I end up in front of a stage watching the Marshall Tucker Band. I think I know the guys in the band on a first-name basis, and they're like, oh, hey, there's that dude. I have seen them at least 
There's the Lambert. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like our, a that's our biggest that's fan. Our our that's our biggest fan. I have seen them at least a dozen times. That's oh. so funny. And I have Sorry. pulled security for them three or four different times, and I'm not even a fan. It, but yeah, the Marshall Tucker band. It's kind of a. It's kind of a. a I don't know. An inside joke. What's the band that you would see every year that they come in? You know, um, like those Dave Matthew fans. They go every well, year. See, to that's, multiple places. That's the thing. You know, they're playing. Ish. They played People the go. big, the big Labor Day thing out at the Gorge. They played three days in a row. And my wife, it's funny because she wants to go to one of those Dave Matthews things where they play the three days in a row. Except that she hates the Dave Matthews band. She likes the idea that they're going to come out there and play three different sets and that Dave Matthews is so cool and that people are so passionate about him. But anytime I put on Dave Matthews, she's like, mm, no, yeah, I just I'm don't get it. Her. They're just I'm fun performers, well, though. I get After it. all these years, the last time I saw them was like three or four years ago, and they just have so much fun together that it doesn't matter if you like their music or not, you end up having a good time. I am a firm believer that Dave Matthews Band fans have ruined Dave Matthews' career because they have shamed everybody that is not like completely 100% in on Dave Matthews. You're not allowed to say you're I'm a Dave Matthews band fan unless you've seen him 10 times. I'm yeah. cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. You know, the funny thing about it is you. Um, I did see Rage Against the Machine three times, but the two bands I've also seen multiple times, which is probably like more like four times each. One, I absolutely wanted to cut my arm off to get out of there. One is Jimmy Buffett. And it's because How? I had a girlfriend in high, Come on, in, co co in high school and college that loved Jimmy Buffett. So she drugged me, and I'm the only one in the stands that's not doing fins to the left, fins to the right. <laughs> I'm just standing there in disgust. And the other one, which is kind of cool, was Aerosmith. I've seen them multiple times. That's, that's it's cool. Aerosmith. Man, that's okay. That's cool. Jimmy Buffett's not a, not a, a performer you can see on accident. That's like a premium ticket. Yeah, yeah I've seen. And them you have to times. seek that out. That's funny. <laughs> fins to the left. Uh, oh, Chris, did you ever see the Grateful it. Dead? I will never go see Grateful Dead. I'm not a fan. Oh, they're dead. My, well, no, they're, they're back. No, 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 no. Dead and Company is out touring, and my wife. We went and saw John Mayer right about the time they announced that the Dead and Company was going to come back through Raleigh. And she was like, yes, we're going to see John Mayer. And I was like, I love John Mayer. I don't want to see John Mayer playing Grateful Dead tunes. And then she went on to go find tickets, and they started at about $400 a pop. And she, and she was like, okay. we're not no. going to see Dead and Company. However, I do have to, I do have to acknowledge she is dedicated. Lizzo, if you turn on your TV... At this point today, Lizzo is everywhere. Commercials. You you watch sporting events and Lizzo's playing in the background. She has completely taken over media right now. My wife is in love. Four or five months ago, my wife had tickets to a Lizzo show that's coming Friday in her cart for 45 bucks a pair and decided, eh, I don't think I want to do that. Okay. Then Lizzo blows up, becomes the biggest thing in music. Those same tickets are three fifty a pop. She asked me the other day, uh, I'm willing to go ahead and pay that much. Do you want to come with me? No, I do not want to pay three hundred and fifty bucks to see Lizzo. I'd go for fifty. So I said, But if you want to go and you find a friend, please do so. Well, guess what? 
she found a friend. She's actually going with one of my classmates from law school who's 25 years younger than she is, and they dropped not 350 because, you know, kids don't pay retail for anything. Nah. They found the tickets. I think they're paying about 200 bucks a pop, but they will be at the Lizzo show in Raleigh this weekend, and I'll be doing a high school football game. I don't from even know somewhere. what Lizzo I don't, is. You didn't just say that. I just did. Come on. I, I got a question for up. you. I got a question oh, for you. Then you can on. talk about Lizzo for another hour. You were talking about Grateful Dead and then all of a sudden Lizzo. But wow. I got a question for you. Who is, what is the band that you could have seen? I'm not talking about a band like, from that was gone before you were born. I'm talking about a band that you could have seen or a performer that you could have seen, but just haven't, and now it's too late. Prince. Prince, good answer. And it broke my heart. That was when good Prince's answer. death was announced, my heart broke. Because that, my wife and I had, had already determined the next time we get a chance to see him, we're going to go. Doesn't matter how far we have to travel. If he's within a couple hours of here, we're going. To, doesn't matter how much we have That's to pay. That's somebody I would go to. And then he died. And my wife did get a chance to see him years and years and years ago. But, yes, Prince would be number one on that list. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's a close second. Harry Chapin. Led Zeppelin would definitely be on my list as well. And I'm a... You know, Robert Plant decided years ago he was not going to go back out on tour with Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin. But if Zeppelin announced they were doing one show somewhere in the world tomorrow, I would go. And part of that is because of what happened with Prince. Um, you never know. Yeah, mine's uh, Nirvana. I had tickets to Nirvana, and then Cobain died. Nice. Wow. That would have been yeah. So I'd it's your fault. Well, no, it's not my fault, but. I literally had it queued up, and then, you know, he, what happened happened. So. The interesting part is that years and years ago, before it happened, I used to say to people when we had conversations like this over an adult beverage, if the Eagles ever got back together, there's nothing there, that dude. would stop me from going. That's and then one. they did get back together, and I was like, eh. Nah, man. That's a band that's totally underrated. They have so many songs. You're like, oh, yeah, that's an Eagle song. It depends. This is an Eagle song. But it depends on when you say overrated, are they underrated, overrated underrated. or are they underrated? I, I don't underrated. know, man. The, the, no, that's the thing. As you say underrated, I say at this point in my life, maybe a little overrated because it's so bubblegum. But that's not taking anything away. I mean, they still recorded Hotel California. And, and I'm not taking away, but for some reason, they sort of lost their luster as I got a little bit older. I still respect Back what the Eagles the fast do. Lane. <laughs> Show them how to lose your mind. <laughs> All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. I want to talk about, I, I wanted to squeeze it in in this segment, but we didn't talk about Rafael Nadal and what happened yesterday. We'll do that, and then we'll get back into some football. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WFJ 105.5 FM. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. 
Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Check her out. Oh, man. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Cheap Seas, Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and the Professor Trent A. Nichols. We're back. And I want to tell you that three years ago, I remember distinctly doing a show and pronouncing Roger Federer was the greatest tennis player of all time. There was no close second. And we just kind of went on with that. I said Nadal... Had to have been a close second, but you guys poo-pooed me. We probably did, because at the time, I would have definitely said Pete Sampras was the second-best tennis player of all time. And now, you're like, Pete who? And and we, we're only 20 years removed from Pete Sampras having dominated tennis at a way nobody ever saw anybody else doing. And Rafael Nadal... Guys, I honestly think he has overtaken Roger Federer at this point. And I know he's still one Grand Slam behind Federer. I didn't pull the math, but we did this a couple years ago. When Nadal won his first Grand Slam, I think Federer already had seven. And Nadal now, to do what he has done at this point, and he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Did did either of you guys watch any of the final at the U.S. Open this weekend? I watched highlights. Okay. I saw. I turned it on right in that final. He was up five four, and they were trading shots back and forth, and then he won. Well, I believe 
that at some point he actually had network executives in his ear in that fifth set because he had a chance to blow out Medvedev in the final set. And then he kind of let him back in (laughs) and created some drama. But the crazy thing, Medvedev, who's a baby, young guy, I think he's 23 years old, could not keep up with Nadal. And Nadal just ran him out of gas. And I think sometimes that with these tennis players, you forget what supreme athletes they are. Well, that's what's so impressive about these three, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, is because Sampras really didn't have that. He had a few years of Agassi coming back on the scene. Yep. But there was really nobody else Not really. at that level. And, and when you think back to guys, there, there's been one sort of dominant player. You went from Borg to McEnroe to Lindell, to Becker, to Sampras. But the, there's, you know, one of them would have their glory days for two or three years and roll. Federer, the span of his greatness is impressive. To do it for as long as he has is something. But when you look at the success that Nadal has compressed and to have gone from being a clay court specialist, basically, to the all-around juggernaut that he is now, I, man, I don't know. You can make a case that Nadal is the best ever, and if he wins another Grand Slam and ties Federer at 20, I tough to say that he's not the best of all time. I, I do have to add this note, though, and, and baseball haters, put your, put your earmuffs on for a second. I saw something on Sunday that I never thought I would see. Tennis preempted baseball. And I think it was the Yankees and Red Sox on at the same time last night as the fifth set at the U.S. Open spanned into. And the network down the stretch apologized several times for preempting the baseball game and, you know, wherever you could go watch it, whatever. I wasn't paying any attention to the updates because I knew that as soon as the U.S. Open was over, I was flipping back over to football. I didn't think I'd ever reach a point in my life where I was like, yes, 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 tennis, 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 baseball. No, thank you. I'm out. And I don't understand, guys. <laughs> We're never going to answer how this, this question. I, I we, just every don't time get it. We, Every time we talk about baseball, we all leave scratching our heads because it's a game I used to love to play, but unless there's like some really cool story where, you know, there's a – a no-no on the line, and then you got a kid that was just shipped to the team that day who makes a game-saving catch to preserve the no-no. That's the only time I'll watch. Well, here's the thing. When you say no-no, there may never be a no-hitter thrown in baseball ever again because nobody pitches more than seven innings in an outing. And these team no-hitters, there's no such thing. I'm not buying it. There's no such thing as a team no-hitter. If you don't pitch nine innings and no-hit ball, it's not a no-hitter. That's just how I feel about it. But, Trent, I need to throw this to you because Brandon doesn't even realize it's happened, I'm sure. Dave Dombrowski, president of the, of the Red Sox, last year's World Series <laughs> champs, canned. Midnight, fired, right canned. after midnight. And Dombrowski, He's I can fired. remember when he was the whiz kid GM 30 years ago. This guy's been the architect of a lot of baseball teams. Can just like how that. Many, how many losses do the Red Sox have against the Yankees this year? Who cares? Well, obviously, 
How many teams Boston's have won the World Series? Does. How many teams have won the World Series since Boston did last year? Nobody. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It's the reigning world champion. You can't lose 14 times to the Yankees in one season and save your job. Come on, man. Seriously. The, no, there's no precedent for The this. only person you know that's that, ever avoided that is Marvin Lewis. <laughs> yeah, for you know, the, that's the equivalent of you not going to all the Dave Matthews shows. Like, is that what it is? Yeah, isn't it similar? Like, if you don't go to all the Dave Matthews shows, then you're not a real Dave Matthews fan. If you don't beat the Yankees, then you can't be in charge. Of the I don't Yankees. know if that's the real reason, but that's got to factor in. Well, of course it does. The other, the other part. I don't, where are the Red Sox right now in the standings? They're I have eight no games idea. out of the wild card. They're done. I mean, the, last night, the loss to the Yankees pretty much solidified. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're done. I, I think it's possible because there are certain – ACC teams around here that can have success, but if you don't beat two, two of the teams here in the triangle, then you're not. Yeah, what do we say about Jim Harbaugh every year? He's never beat Ohio State. I I got you, but which which year? Which one of those years did Jim Harbaugh win a national championship? It doesn't matter. No, it does matter because you've done for me lately. if, If if Kevin Keats took North Carolina State to a national title this year and then lost both games to Duke and both games to Carolina and was in the middle of the pack in the ACC the following year, would Keats' job be in jeopardy? Hold on. We're talking about 14 straight games, so he would have a couple of years. But the same – I think it same logic applies. Well, no, it is. It does. But I think it's a longer time frame because they don't play each other 14 times. I I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not (laughs) buying what you're selling. That's one team. And the Yankees, who's the best team in baseball right now? I have no idea. Tampa Bay? The Cubs? The Mets? <laughs> you can't Houston? fire. Houston scored over 20 runs like two weekends Dude, in a I'm row. I'm so sick of this. Every time I turn on a baseball game, I only have to listen for five minutes, and they're like, yep, they're going to set a new record for home runs by the team this year. Yeah, so is everybody in the world. The Astros this scored game, more points than half baseball. the NFL teams. This is not baseball. This is a home running hitting contest every doggone night. I'm so over this nonsense that they're trotting out there and calling baseball. It's not baseball anymore. Chris, I've watched one baseball game start to finish this year. And you are a, you're the biggest baseball fan I know. I know. It's sad. But I will probably start watching it now that it's getting closer to the playoffs. Of course we're going to watch for three weeks during the playoffs. That, But what – you got 162 games to suffer through. And I have no idea who the point. best baseball team is. Is maybe. it the Yankees? Who is it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming the Yankees, maybe, cost and help us out. I don't know. You know the fun, <laughs> one of the problems is that every time I turn on ESPN and there's a baseball highlight, is some dude taking his bat to the top of the dugout, and that's the best they can get. Either that or it's a, a dude catching it with a beer and a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me more Beer dads, and babies. Give me more dads with beers and a baby catching a bit foul ball, and I'll tune in. So, I yeah, promise. the Yankees the Yankees and the Astros are at 94 and 50. All right? Thank so you've you. got both of those teams going to win 100 games. The Braves might win 100 games as well. They're at 89 and 55, and then you have the Dodgers down there. I think the Dodgers are the class of the National League. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. I just got to be perfectly honest. I don't care. You know what I did learn this weekend that I do know for sure? What's that? 
The Browns are probably not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, or go to the Super Bowl against the Chargers because they both looked pretty crappy. Yeah, you you just jumped out of baseball that quickly. Yeah, because I'm that, tired that of baseball. Tri- that was such a Brandon. I want to go back to because I never got to answer that question. Hey, I had I, one, and Brandon well, never got to answer that. that question. We're not done either. with that. We're going to make it back around there. Hold on, I got one more. If we can get in and out in thirty seconds. I had one question about bands that I wanted to ask because because <laughs> Chris wants to talk baseball. So let me let me just throw a curveball here. Like, so what's the band that you saw first that made it big that nobody knew about? Oh, The Offspring. The Offspring. Yeah. So I was at when I was uh, probably 19 years old, maybe 20. Um, I went and. I had been given as a gift tickets to go see Quiet Riot. Remember Quiet Riot? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is after Quiet Riot was like a huge thing. Quiet Riot was dead in the water. Hairband was dead. We had moved into the first stages of grunge music. And I went to go see Quiet Riot open at a bar in Colleen, Texas. And it was a three-story bar with a balcony that ran around on the top two sides. This was a cool venue. And the opener was the offspring and when the uh the mc came out just signed to sony records the offspring came out and the offspring annihilated the crowd it was an unbelievable show and then quiet right has to try it out there and play <laughs> come on feel the noise it didn't go well for him um but yeah the offspring i saw him yeah. uh costin said before the break or during the break, rather, he was talking about Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind, I knew those guys, not Third Eye Blind, um, Three Doors Down, another one with a number in their name. Three Doors Down is from Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, and uh, in, in that little area. They're down from the, the South Mississippi coast. Um, friends of mine owned a restaurant in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and at one point, Three Doors Down was essentially the house band there. This is before they got signed, mm-hmm. and I can remember watching them Jeez, a million years ago, thinking these guys are really good, and they had a falling out with the restaurant owners because the the restaurant they had a, a stage out in the back, and Three Doors Down was starting to get a little bit of traction, and they asked them to expand that stage and make it a little bit bigger so they could do their thing, and the restaurant owners were like, "Who do y'all think you are? Some kind of real recording artist or something?" You think you're quiet Riot. Yeah, exactly. You, you think, think three, door, right? di- three doors about? down went a little crazy, and the owner wouldn't call them Superman. Oh my god! I, yeah. So be. Trent, do you I, have I one? can tell you that I'm sure that three doors down has like smoked their way out of stardom. I think they're not even a thing. The anymore. one that I thought I had, I, I don't think I really have. I saw a horde fest, which was brought to you by the Blues Travelers. They were the main headline. Interesting, okay. But in 95, I saw Hordefest, and Dave Matthews was the first band that played, but their album had already been out for like eight months, so I don't think I can count that. Ah. Uh, yeah. So a buddy yeah. of mine, this is like Nobody. when I was maybe, I can't remember exactly when it was. I was young, either high school or just, yeah, it had to have been high school, because we went to Raleigh, and it was a, there was a bar above where school kids used to be. Now there's like a CVS and a Walgreens. That that place sucks now in Raleigh, but um, Hillsborough Street. But we walk in, and I ask my buddy, I'm like, "Well, who's playing tonight?" And he goes, "I don't know." And we walk in, and it's Jane's Addiction. And no way! Like, before anybody had nothing had come out by them, 
Yeah, I think they had already kind of become big on the West Coast, you know, regionally. But nobody had heard from them like globally and got this got this season. Well, I will. I found I found one, and I remember now. And Brandon will like this. And we're getting hurried up before he had any albums or was mainstream. Busta Rhymes. Oh, nice. No, I got New York City, 19. I saw Ghetto Boys open for Two Live Crew before Ghetto Boys was. That was was really Bill, how's he doing? Yeah, I and I can't focus because I'm on ESPN's website looking at baseball standings, and there's a picture of a swimmer on the right, and it's one of those like clickbait ads, and it's like you wouldn't believe why the crowd was cheering, and I cannot take my eyes off this girl. I don't know why. And OJ's below her. Yeah, no, OJ's like, I'm gonna slash her throat, dog. All right, we'll see. We're halfway home. We got to get back to the NFL if we're going to make it through this whole thing. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. WFJ. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No force play. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent A. Nichols, right here on WFJA 105.5 FM and around the world as a podcast and radio stream. Check out the podcast. You can find it in the Apple... I, or, yeah, exactly. The Apple Podcast app. It's in the iTunes store. You can find it on Podbean. Anywhere you find podcasts, it's there. Mostly. I have to apologize. Of course, last week we took the week off because it was Labor Day. Barbecues, all the rest of that stuff. Nobody at work. The week before, we were heavy on the Andrew Luck thing, and that show there were some technical difficulties. I started working on the recording, and it never made it up onto the internet. Yeah, and I apologize. And there's Sincere. a good reason for that too. Sincerely, sincerely, sincerely. So I think some evidence may have been deleted. Oh no, no, I had nothing to do with anything. So I want to go back and recap the rest of these NFL games and get your thoughts and then we need to move on and take a look at what's coming down the pipeline but before I do Brandon I want to give you a chance to puff your chest out the Mac Brown era is off to a great start yeah 
The University of Miami is 0-2 for the first time since the 70s. Let that sink in. Now, they usually open with a couple of cupcakes. They played Florida, then they played UNC on the road. But this is the first time. I think 78 was the last time Miami opened 0-2. And the Manny Diaz era over there, as good as it's going for Mac Brown, not going well for Miami. So when you look at North Carolina and the schedule that they, they're going to play. Can I say something? I'm proud of you, dude. I thought I was going to have to weasel my, my heels Come into on, the dog. show, man. I'm proud of you. I'm, for not a, I'm not a heels hater. But here's what I'll ask you is when you look at this, you and, – and I want to give a shout-out to Ed Snyder because he was on board with you. And you guys, you guys determined that eight wins was probably the measure of success for this Mac Brown team. And I didn't think that in week one they were going to pull it off. But I'm going to make a couple of statements to you, and, and I want to know – where you're at with it. I'm going to say that as we move through the rest of this season, there's some things that are going to make themselves apparent. And when I look at the schedule for North Carolina, they may roll in to NC State to close the season as a one-loss team. I think you're being very... Really? Where are these L's going to come from, buddy? I'm going to tell you right now, I have a horrible feeling about the Wake Forest game. I think they should be 4-0 going to uh, playing at home against Clemson. By the way, if they are 4-0 playing at home against Clemson, that place is going to be packed. And I'll be curious to see how much orange is in the crowd. But um, Wake Forest is kind of sneaky. I think they're just kind of like, uh, they're not going to be like, they're not going to win their their side of the conference. But... They are going to be. They're going to upset a team or two, but uh, where I see the losses, um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm Clemson's a definite loss. Virginia Tech, I count that as a loss. UVA is good. That's a loss. And then, you know, maybe difficult against State at Carter Finley. So I don't know how many. I can't do the math right off the top of my head, but let's see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That would make eight. I think they're going to struggle against App State. App State, not at home. Not App at home. State may be the team that rolls up. Telling in there. you, not I not. think this is this is me personally. I don't think they have that big of a home field. Looking advantage. looking at what I'm looking at. With hold on, this hold on. Let me, let me just address what Trent just said. You have been, you would have been right if you don't think they have a home field advantage. But if you watch the Miami game. People were standing up. Nobody left. Oh, Fedora oh. never. Even when they got to the ACC championship, the the support that's there with this UNC team right now, oh, it's might mayhem. be bigger than it ever was yeah. during the Fedora area. Yeah, the, the people in in Chapel Hill and around the state of North Carolina are believing. Here's here's I want you to hear me out on this. The trap game for North Carolina is App State. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wake Forest poses a problem. I think they go into Wake. I think they're gonna they're gonna they've got better athletes. I think they're gonna get Wake. They're not going to beat Clemson. That's just not gonna happen unless Trevor Lawrence doesn't show up, misses the bus, something. Wouldn't you just love to spend a day in Trevor Lawrence's shoes, having that flowing hair? You have like four or five, six, four receivers to throw to. I mean, his life is. Yeah, looking at him on the sideline, my wife was like, oh, so that's his thing, the hair, huh? And I explained to her what this 
what the trajectory of this kid's life is, and she's like, whew, he's going to make somebody really happy. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's going to make a lot of people really happy. Um, that kid's got everything. The world legitimately is his oyster. But here's the reason I say that UNC, the App State game, is a trap. Sam Howell, I honestly believe, and I say this without one shadow, one sliver of doubt, Sam Howell is going to go down as the greatest quarterback in Tar Heel history, period. Okay. Uh, now, so, the, you're, you're talking about a team the, right the now. The greatest quarterback in history that goes down to App in two weeks. Here's the thing. That's why I'm concerned about the App State game, because you're talking about Sam Howell, who is doing things at UNC nobody thought was possible. Coming in as a true freshman, this job at this point is going to be his for at least the next three years. He may be a four-year guy because he doesn't scream NFL prototype when you look at him, but he might. Three years from now, he may come out early. But you're going to get three years at the, of this guy as a starting quarterback, which at a, at a legit D1 school is not all that common. But you're talking about a team... When you look statistically, T.J. Yates is probably the best quarterback to ever go to UNC. There's nobody on the list of UNC quarterbacks that jumps out at you. Sam Howe may break that mold. However, week four to play App State, who is a team that is going to let it all hang out against UNC, that's where I'm scared because that's only the fourth game Sam Howe will have ever played in college football. By the time they get to... Trent, sounds like a hot take to me. By the time they get to Georgia Tech... Are you trying to get clicks right now? No, I'm just telling you. By the time they get to Virginia Tech and to Duke and Virginia, at that point, Sam Howell is established and has seen most of what's going to be thrown at him in college football. The, The week four matchup with App State, he's still a little wet behind the ears. That's the trap game. If they get through that App State game unscathed, I'm telling you... I believe the only loss on that schedule before they meet NC State is Clemson at Chapel Hill. Other than that, I think there is a very strong possibility they get through that ACC schedule and roll into NC State as a one-loss team. That's just where I'm at with it. I think it's totally possible for them to play in the, the ACC championship. See Clemson again and get whooped again. <laughs> but, I mean... If you look at the division, I mean, they've already beaten um, they've already beaten Miami, which is, I guess, supposed to be one of the better teams in their their standing. If you'll put, click on the standings, um, so uh, let's see, we're clicking through the standings. They've already beaten Miami. They play Virginia Tech. Pitt's on their schedule, of course. Georgia Tech. I Duke, mean, they're going to play Duke everybody. They're going to play everybody in the coastal. Is Duke's Duke got to good? take a step back. Daniel Jones has been the starter out there. For as long as anybody can remember, so you, you got to think they clear- come back to the pack. The Blue Devils aren't world beaters. Virginia's a team. Virginia's getting love based on the fact that you know they're Virginia. They're you know a fringe top twenty-five team. Look, I still don't. You don't know enough about Virginia. We, I, I, I'm, we, I'm not we, saying. We, no, I'm no, not no, willing no, to go bet my house on this. No, my thing. point. My point to that is, we thought we knew what Syracuse was too, and they got spanked by Maryland. Um, we just don't know enough about any of these teams. Um, but I, I can see Carolina challenging for that against Virginia and that Coastal. Just not this, the Coastal's just not that good this year. And he's I mean, already... let, let's be frank. The Coastal's not very good most years. Right. To be honest, 
And Clemson, on the other hand, is so dominant in the Atlantic that it just really doesn't matter. But I honestly believe for Tar Heel fans, and I'm not like I'm not a Tar Heel blue, you know, Carolina guy. I'm just telling you with what I look at, Sam Howell to come in as a true freshman to to become as battle tested as he has become a couple of weeks into the season. I really like what they can do moving forward. And Mac Brown is out on the recruiting trail killing it, it. right now. So you're going to bring a whole nother class of athletes we haven't seen in a very long time at UNC. I think the future is way bright, but I think it starts right now. The thing they've got to do is a couple weeks from now, they've got to beat App State at UNC. That's the game I'm most concerned about. Virginia, obviously Virginia's going to be a tough game. Duke's not going to be any patsy. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is always going to create problems on defense. But I think when I look at UNC with the balance they've got on offense, the ability to make just enough plays on defense, I don't think anybody wants to play UNC at this point. And I think they're a year or two ahead of schedule because I was completely on board with Mac Brown as a hire. The thing that gets me is when you watch, it's readily apparent that Mac Brown, as disengaged in the nuts and bolts and X's and O's as he was at Texas, he's on a whole nother level of that at UNC. He has empowered his coordinators to go put together their schemes and run them, and he's the chief executive to pat people on the back on the back and keep everybody, you know, moving along, keep the trains running on time, which is what he ought to be at this point in his life. Well, just just to wrap it up real quick with this, what I saw him do as a coach is he quietly got three-star transfers, three-star guys that wouldn't make a big splash. But if he has early success with his return, which it looks like he is, he's 2-0, and then he you're going to see him start to get the four- and five-star players. Not the ones that Clemson and Alabama are going to get because that will never happen, but you're going to see more four-star, five-star. Well, the, the athletes that Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma are competing for are the guys that only those teams are competing for. So there's a whole other class of, of players. But future's bright right now for UNC. I like what I see. Sam Howell, I'm going on record now. It's early call. Sam Howell, by the time it's all said and done, will indisputably be the best quarterback in UNC history until the next guy comes along in the Mac Brown era part two. We'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. More on the way. over 111 and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90 and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. 
So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Check her out. Oh, man. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that nonsense. And uh, I, man, you guys do this to me and just make my head explode. Chris Leak is the name I was looking for during the break. Um, I was talking about Sam Howe, and the question was asked Was Tebow a three or a four year starter? Tim Tebow at Florida was a three year starter. He didn't start as a freshman, he played behind Chris Leak, um, who took the Florida Gators to the 2006 National Championship and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes in the championship game. Never. I had forgotten Jacoby Brissett transferred day. out of Florida. Uh, yeah, me too. So anyway, that that kind of happened. Jeff Driscoll is in the NFL today. Uh, Skyler Morningwig, look at the Florida quarterbacks. I don't know how this thing happens. Will Greer, who was a uh, draft pick last year, for, um, for the Panthers. Yeah, for the Panthers. He started at Florida and transferred to West He might Virginia. be starting for the Panthers here pretty soon. So what do you guys think of uh, Cam Newton's new throwing motion? I think that release is way too much of a wind-up, and I don't like it, and he's throwing the ball high all too often. I thought he was throwing it really low. It seemed like every time he released the ball, it was jetting down. I think it's fair to say that he's not accurate, but that wind-up, 
that is a very slow release, oh. and I don't like it. Um, the Panthers, so that that's a game, and, and I'll get you guys' take on it. I, I think all of us were in and out of that game. Carolina came back, made that thing close. 27-30, the final score is they dropped their, home, their opener and their home opener to the Rams. That could have been a lot worse, but I felt watching the ball game, I was impressed early with the way Carolina was able to move the ball. A couple of bad turnovers, missed opportunities, and then they kind of let it get away from them, and then they played chase down the stretch. I will tell you, and I know nobody outside of the studio cares, I played two fantasy football leagues, and I had to. I, I played Christian McCaffrey in both of them. So, yeah, that 38 points or whatever he dropped. McCaffrey. That hurts. McCaffrey is McCaffrey is a dark horse to me to be the MVP because what you saw this year is not an – or this week, not an aberration. That cat's going to get around 100 yards rushing each – each week, um, and he caught 107 balls last year. The NFL record for running backs. Awesome. This guy's going to catch 100 balls again this year, and obviously is the focal point of the offense. Ron Rivera and his staff there seem to put guys into a box, especially in the receiving core, and they determine this is the only thing they, these guys do well enough. And it's very predictable what they're going to do with their with their receivers. Their resistance to featuring Curtis Samuel in the offense is a little bizarre to me. I don't understand why he doesn't get more touches. DJ Moore is a flawed player who just isn't going to catch the ball very well. He's exciting. He's dynamic. I have very serious concerns about that pass offense. The defense played pretty well, but they were playing the Rams, and people have forgotten how good the Rams were. And, yeah, the answer is you can still not – feature Todd Gurley in that offense and it's still going to be a very very good offense. Those that's I'm, my thoughts. I'm going to say something but I want to come back to Cam Newton and the you know the quarterbacking player the the Panthers. But is McVay not using Gurley in the weirdest way? Like so Brown is going off looking like Edron James, right? And Gurley's over there on the bench and then towards the end of the I'm like okay they they must just be saving him Gurley for like a playoff run, you know, or something like that. Then they start running them. It's like they started running them at the end of the game, like he was like the featured back again. That to me is bizarre. Like, why is Brown in when you have someone who was on the cover of Madden probably two years ago? The, the I, answer, I just don't get it. The answer is simple. They're not going to give Gurley 25 touches a game like they did the last couple of years. Yeah, but that's not just saving them. You don't have them on account like 15. You're on purpose not playing them hardly at all in the first qu- first half. But you realize this dude still ended the game with right at about 100 yards rushing. Well, I mean, that's just because. Well, exactly. I mean, 14 well, why carries. Why are you running them? Like, that's my point. It's but like, why but if you, you can run go, if you can go 14 or 15 carries and get him 100 yards, as opposed to putting him in there in those tough situations against stacked boxes, I, I, I mean, if I was going to say coming in, knowing what we know about Todd Gurley's medical issues, I'd say 15 carries a game is the perfect number. And sometimes those are going to come early. Sometimes they're going to come late. But. You know, he walks out the door, 14 carries for 97 yards. If he goes 97 yards a game, he's going to be a 1,500-yard rusher this year. And how many of those are floating around? I, I I mean, I thought it was interesting that a couple of times early, they lined Todd Gurley up as a wide receiver, which was an interesting look to me. But when you, 
you know, they're going to have to manipulate that because that's almost teasing the defense that, yeah, Gurley's in the game, so you have to prepare for that, and then you break and you come out and he's out wide. Well, now you've, you're in the wrong set. Interesting ways McVay was doing it. In the end, I didn't think – I thought that was one of the games that was a little misleading because as we watched that game unfold, I thought the Rams had that pretty well in hand most of the way through. Um, okay, well, I mean, shifting gears, I mean, I just – that to me, when you got one – I know he's got arthritis, but he's on the he's on the field. He's probably still one of the better players in the, in the NFL. I just don't understand why you use Brown so early – in the game rather than spelling them towards the end of the second period and into the third quarter. So one thing I want to ask you, where does just ballpark, don't give it too much thought. Where does Cam Newton rank in quarterbacks in the NFL? Just ballpark figure. At this point, without giving it a whole lot of thought, I'd say probably about 20. 20? 20 out of 32. That's that without going by the eaches and really analyzing it. Yeah, I'd say about 20. I'm going to tell you right now that if you went five quarterbacks either way towards 15 or 25, any of those nine quarterbacks would be better for the Panthers than Cam Newton right now. Wow. Either way. He's 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 look, they played against the Rams. I think he got close to 240 yards passing interception, no touchdowns. You know, everything was pretty much done on the ground. And this guy just – it's like you said earlier, his throwing motion, he just – it's time to move on from Cam Newton. And I am i know I'm going to get a well, lot we're, of hate. We're not going we, – we, we can't even start down that road because we'll be talking about that for three hours. Well, no, I'm just the saying – move on from Cam Newton, if there was an option, that might be a discussion to have. But we can't even start down that because we won't talk about anything else but the rest of the I way. guess my only point is is that this is a good team. And Here's, I think the problem is, is it, it's run by Cam Newton. Well, there's a couple of problems. When you look at Cam Newton – and the offense that, that they're running. North Turner is doing everything he can with the tools that he has. But when you walk out of a game and Cam Newton has only completed 11 passes to wide receivers at the end of the ball game, that's never going to be a recipe for success. Not in today's NFL. You know, and it's one thing where you look, oh, well, you know, Cam Newton, 239 yards passing. 239 yards passing is not enough in today's NFL. But then when you consider that more than half of that was to Christian McCaffrey, you're only going to be able to get the ball out to your running back in the passing game so many times before teams just key on it. And they're like, hey, we're not going to let you kill us with this. And McCaffrey, like any running back, has a shelf life. There's only so many hits he's going to be able to take and so much tread you can take off those tires in a single year. I'm very concerned about that offense. I said, Curtis Samuel in particular, why is this kid not doing something? This kid is a this is a world-class talent athletically. Find ways to use him in that offense. And DJ Moore, they almost get too cute with him. Let him get down the field. Take the top off the defense. Get him in the ball in space. Let him use and be the dynamic athlete that he is. They just don't seem to want to do that. Well, it may not be that they don't want to do it. It may be that Cam can't do it. Exactly. Not we, we, we'll see as this uh, as this year unfolds. I want to go back a couple of days prior to Sunday and talk real quickly about the Green Bay Chicago matchup and a couple of things that stuck out at me. One, this was the coming out party for this new Packers offense 
with Matt LaFleur, the new head coach, slash offensive coordinator, and Aaron Rodgers, who've been going through having this little love fest. Excuse me. I am very underwhelmed by this new offense. That and the be... same things that you complained about in the last couple of years seem to be the same type problem. Um, there's no running game. This time it didn't seem to be because of a lack of trying. It just seems like they can't block it up. And uh, the passing game with Aaron Rodgers, it showed flashes. But it, is this really a better version of the Packers than it was with Mike McCarthy? Um, I I think Chicago's defense is pretty tough to run on. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. What you're referring to is the fact that Aaron Rodgers thinks it's all about Aaron Rodgers, and he wants to be the guy who, you know, he'll be on the one. Like, you know, I had Aaron Jones in fantasy last year. How many times were they on the one? And and Aaron Rodgers has got to throw a quick out for the touchdown. He just can't run it ever. Um, but I think we'll we'll have to see. I know I'll use Trent's. Uh, phrase it's too early to tell because I think Chicago's defense is that good. Um, they were good last year. I think that they're going to keep Trubinsky just barely in enough games to maybe sniff the playoffs this year. But uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he just he's all about some Aaron Rodgers, and until that, that's never going to end, and it's always going to be there unless he's got the best toys. I just don't see this offense doing a whole lot. Well. I think as the game progresses, they got kind of more into their groove. I think a lot of teams did that. I think you saw the teams that most of their good starters played more in the preseason were a little bit better in the first half, and the teams that had rested a lot were better in the second half. Well, ratings were as high as ever for that Thursday night opener. Um, That may be the answer to our bet. I may make you watch that, that game. If I win the bet, I may make you watch that game twice back-to-back. Oof. See, as I watched that game unfold, and it was obvious that it was not going to be a shootout, I kept thinking, as much fun as I'm not having watching this game, I know that there's at least one person who hates this more than anything in the world, that's Brandon Atkins. Because Brandon wants every game to be 55-52, ending on a touchdown attempt because he doesn't like field goals at all. And that game couldn't have been any different than that. The The other thing that I take away from this game is Trubisky not quite ready yet. Not quite ready. I really thought Trubisky might come out and set the world on fire. Can Obviously, say, it's early. Week one's not the not the end of everything. But I want to make yeah. a comment about this. Sure. And I'm a, I'm a Carolina guy, right? He's in year three. This dude is eighth grade staring at the same player down the field in year three. He is not going to get it. He's not the guy. And he'll make some throws every once in a while, and he can do some, some stuff with his feet. But I don't is he in three or two? This is year three. Really? Yeah. So if you're in year three and, you know, you got – I don't know who it was. He was in Mahomes, was Mahomes and Watson's class, and he started early while Mahomes sat oh, yeah. in Kansas City. I don't – I think it was Collinsworth on the call, and he's like, look at – he's just staring. The whole defense knows where he's going with this ball. And in year three, that's just not going to cut it. All right. We'll uh, we'll get to a couple other games on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Check out the podcast. Anywhere you find your podcasts, you'll dig it.
We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow-drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous, too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back from the Chief Seas. About 20 minutes left. We got to get through the entire NFL slate and then get our picks in for next week. This is going to be 
quick. Mayhem. All right, first of all, Tennessee over Cleveland. Cleveland fans, I hate the Browns. I hate them with all of my soul. It brought me a little bit of joy to see Baker Mayfield and the rest of that team stub their toe. This game, though, don't be confused. If you didn't watch the game, 43-13, that has nothing to do with what happened on the field. This was a ball game up until the middle of the third quarter. Baker Mayfield threw a bad pick. Tennessee went up by two scores, and then it just kind of got out of hand. Cleveland, the one number you have to know from this game, and this concerned me about Freddie Kitchens being a first-time head coach, 18 penalties. You're not going to beat anybody putting up 18 penalties, and they were bad penalties. Right. Bad penalties at bad times. The concern I have that I walk away from this with and I saw it a little bit last year, so it doesn't concern me too much because I know it's going to come and go. Baker Mayfield, when times get tough, is a guy that believes he can make every play, and he tries to stretch things out. He tries to force the ball into windows that aren't there. He is not an athlete at the level of a Russell Wilson, a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray who can get around and do the Fran Tarkenton impression and run around in circles and consistently make plays down the field. He hasn't figured that out yet. He needs to. But Cleveland is better than this this outing here. This is a good, good, good win for Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, who may be the team to push Houston in that AFC South. Um, a big win on the road. Winning on the road is not easy. That's what I got. I'll repeat kind of what you said. The penalties killed him, and then Baker tried to do too much at the end in his second year. The thing that surprised me is the defense, though. Like, when Henry started getting going, and they couldn't do anything with him, and Mariota looked like a pro bowler against them. I just didn't understand because this defense was supposed to be pretty good. Well, here's the thing that's hidden in that Tennessee-Cleveland game is all of the hype this offseason, well, not even the offseason, but through the draft process was about D.K. Metcalf coming out of Ole Miss. This guy is an Adonis. He's a physical freak. Here's the real deal, though. A.J. Brown at Ole Miss with D.K. Metcalf was everything production-wise D.K. Metcalf was supposed to be. A.J. Brown, 100 yards in his debut this past weekend as a rookie. A.J. Brown is for real and will be the number one receiver on that Tennessee Titans team moving forward. Corey Davis has kind of been this guy that's out there floating around for a couple of years. A.J. Brown, they may really be onto something with. I'm not sold on that Tennessee offense. I think the, the Browns' defense just kind of ran out of gas. And, and Mariota thing- and Derrick Henry, he's not any fun to tackle five minutes into the game. When you get into the fourth quarter and you've been out there on the field all day, Derrick Henry's looking to punish somebody. And so. they lost their left tackle through a punch, got thrown out of the game, and then I think their backup got hurt. So they were playing with the third-string left tackle. It was never good. All right, Kansas City goes down to Jacksonville, beats Jacksonville, knocks Nick Foles out. Foles out with a, with a uh, <laughs> broken, cl- broken, cu- broken collarbone, for those of you who are not scientifically inclined. Foles was the big signing for Jacksonville. That was supposed to be the guy to give some stability. Um, anybody know where Blake Bortles is playing right now? I don't know. Nowhere. Bueller. Europe? Bueller. Bueller. He's a Rams backup. There you go. Um, wouldn't they like to have Bortles back in there? I think Eli Manning, it's one of those things, if you're playing a video game, oh, we'll just go trade for him. I think the contract's too big. I don't think they can make it happen. Uh, but I'd really have to look at the numbers. Something's got to give, though, because – Minishu coming in at quarterback, you, you could you could have a a major catastrophe brewing in Jacksonville. We saw last season where the players just kind of punched out. 
hope that's not what's going to go down in Jacksonville. You think Ramsey's having nightmares of Sammy Watkins? Oh, my God. How does Sammy Watkins go to Kansas City? You take Tyreek Hill out of the game and puts up 198 and three touchdowns against Jalen Ramsey, supposed to be the best cover corner in football. That's kind of uh, scary. And, yeah, Jalen Jalen Ramsey, who you know took the Brinks truck down to camp this year, literally, with his own hype man, um, yeah, how much <laughs> as, as much money as Dak Prescott may have made this week, Jalen Ramsey may have lost as much. So on to Baltimore-Miami. We touched on earlier. Miami's the worst team in the AFC, and it's not close. Um, Baltimore, this Lamar Jackson experiment gets a whole lot more interesting. Be, I'm very, very interested to see. That's a team I'm going to go out of my way to watch for the next few weeks, no matter who they're matched up with, because I want to see when they play real NFL defense what Lamar Jackson can do. I said a couple of years ago, Lamar Jackson was the best college quarterback I'd ever seen. I still stand by that, and I do think his skill set translates. I just don't know that it translates to a Pro Bowl level, and that's what he looked at week one. When I also think the addition of Mark Ingram, a, like a, a veteran running back who's still got it. He's got the juice, but he's also a good blocking running back. So, I mean, you give that to Jackson, that can only help things. Atlanta, fresh off a huge... Contract extension for Julio Jones looked awful against Minnesota. They were down 28 to nothing. They came back, scored two late touchdowns. Devontae Freeman may be done. Um, What happened with him? Dude, ineffective, completely ineffective. Uh, Freeman ended the game with eight carries for 19 yards. Edo Smith. Who drafted him this year? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, Edo Smith actually outperformed him. That entire offense just stymied. Minnesota might be for real. But you look at this, the concerning number there, Kirk Cousins, 98 passing yards. 98, but let that sink in for a second. Who's Minnesota's offensive coordinator? Kerry Kubiak. I wouldn't worry about Kirk Cousins. Okay. He's going to be fine. Dalvin Cook had a nice game. The interesting thing about this game, Dalvin Cook and Devontae Freeman actually went to the same high school. They both played at Florida State. They were five years apart, so they had never played on the same field together, even though they grew up within a couple minutes of one another. Dalvin Cook considers Freeman to be his mentor. It was very interesting, the dynamics there, that two, two legit NFL backs came through the same pipeline um, but had never played on the same field together. Dalvin Cook showed up. Devontae Freeman coming off the injury did not. Well, let me, let me, Got to be a little disconcerting. Let me clarify a little bit about what you just said about Kirk Cousins. As real-life football, Kirk Cousins is going to be fine because they're going to win games. Yeah. As fantasy, he's not going to be great because they switched to a run-heavy offense, and Dalvin Cook is just awesome. But it, it opens up the pass game. Yeah, Gary I, I Kubiak, mean, listen, Kubiak loves throwing Gary the ball Kubiak, around. they ran the ball. Better than they were passing. They didn't need to pass the ball. Gary Kubiak leaned on that until it yeah. doesn't. So I, you just watch. There's going to be games that Kirk Cousins is going to light it up. Yeah, Ryan threw a couple of bad picks in that game. We ended up with 304 yards. Um, it's funny that Julio Jones coming off the big extension puts up 30. Uh, Calvin Ridley is legit. Had a nice game, but Atlanta, that's a bad, bad L for them. And they just never really got it going. It's on the road, so in the bigger scheme of things, you know, it's not a season ender for Atlanta, but ugh, rough. Now, team that did have a rough week, the New York Jets. The Jets absolutely obliterated the Buffalo Bills for the first 45 minutes of a ball game. 
had them shut out for most of that game and then dropped the game at the end, 17-16, to Buffalo. Josh Allen able to bring the boys back. Um, that's a horrible L you think for so? the Jets. Oh, it's a horrible L for the Jets. I think the Buffalo's got like a top five defense in the league. I, I got you, but you can't be up 16-0 at home with a team that's doing absolutely nothing and not walk out of there with a W. Le'Veon Bell showed he's going to be the feature in that offense. 17 carries, six more touches through the air. Um, Jamison Crowder, sneaky. Fantasy fans, go pick him up. 14 catches. Fell just short of 100 yards, but we, you know, they were an enigma last year because you never knew. Quincy Anunua, Robbie Anderson, who's going to get the catches? Well, the answer may be Jamison Crowder. 14 catches in week one. That came out of nowhere. I thought, look at... Look at um, Devin Singletary's um, production. Oh, I know. Only four rushes. Yeah, 70 yards. And that's got people wondering, why didn't Devin Singletary get more touches than that? They're still insistent we're going to keep running Frank Gore out there. I don't get it. Um, We'll see how that unfolds moving forward. But a horrible loss for the Jets. I don't think that the win means anything for Buffalo because they still play in the same division as the Patriots. But there you go. Washington-Philly, another bad loss. Washington dominated most of the day. First half, they owned it, and they come back, and Philly shows up and says, oh, yeah, 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 our bad. Let's get let's get to work. And the world realigns itself. Philly gets out of there. Is, is Deshaun Jackson a vampire? Dude, Deshaun Jackson doing his thing. Deshaun Jackson just celebrated his 62nd birthday. Um <laughs> <laughs> by going off, aka <laughs> aka Lestat, yeah, eight eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Le- Deshaun Jackson more 50 yard plays in his career than anybody, and he just keeps adding to that list. Deshaun Jackson with a big day. They come back and they save themselves on the road. Uh, they outscored the Redskins eight. Yeah, let's, twenty-five to seven in the second half. Let's pour a little yeah. bit out on the curb for anybody who has any shares in the Philadelphia running game in fantasy football. Oh, we're yeah, very that's, sorry for you. Well, I'm gonna tell you what that's a that's gonna be a mess all year. It's got to sort itself out. Sproles, Howard, and Sanders, all with between six and eleven carries. Yeah, good luck sorting that out week to week. All right, so Indy. I say they don't win seven games this year. They almost steal one from the Chargers on the road. Vinatieri. For all intents and purposes, they should have won the ball game. They did not. Uh, L.A. gets a win. They should have gotten easily. Indy, we'll see what they do the next couple weeks. But I'm telling you right now, if they start 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh they're going into full-blown tank mode. Uh, till then, they'll keep fighting, except Adam Vinatieri, who obviously is punched out. Cincinnati-Seattle. Cincinnati, pleasant surprise to yours truly. I expected them to go to Seattle and get blown out without A.J. Green. Uh, Andy Dalton actually set a career high in passing yards, which is kind of mind-boggling because he's been the starter there for 40 years. Uh, 418 on the day, two touchdowns, and fantasy owners, John Ross, third year, put up 158 yards. This is a guy that had about 200 yards receiving in his first two years combined. Welcome to Cincinnati head coach Zach Taylor, who actually understands how to use John Ross. Um, uh, they they got him on a trick play, though. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I would oh, no. be excited whoa, about whoa, him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, they did not. That was a flea flicker. So, yeah, they got they got him on a one flea flicker. The one thing I want to know is someone who knows more about Bengals football at all uh, than anyone is Mixon okay. Hurt. Nah, he's going to be okay. Sprained ankle. 
Um, Mixon, who's a guy that always gets nicked up, didn't look terrible. I was a little concerned they didn't get back in the game. Gio Bernard got carried most of the mail in the uh, second half, but here's the problem. Didn't matter Bernard or Mixon, they could not run the ball. It's going to be interesting to see when they play a front that's not quite as good as Seattle, whether they're able to run the ball a little bit more. Um, Zach Taylor seems okay with just <laughs> throwing the ball every down. When you put A.J. Green back into that offense, it could be a lot of fun out there. Cincinnati's not a playoff team. The big thing for Cincinnati in this game is the defense, who was far and away the worst defense in football last year, actually played a really, really, really good game. And the bizarre part of that, it's all the same personnel. There was no turnover. It's the same DBs. It's the same defensive line. They didn't have any significant additions personnel-wise to that to that defense. Vontez Perfect, who's no longer there, would legit still be the best linebacker on that team. Um, they decided to cut ties with him. He's out there in Oakland. I'll be interested to see him on Monday night. But the defense for Cincinnati looked really good, and this is not the homer in me. Cincinnati should have won that ball game. Oh, yeah. They had a they had a, a first down inside the twenty. Uh, the rain came. Dalton lost grip of the ball. It popped up in the air. Got a, Seattle got a turnover there, and they had a bad missed field goal from about forty five yards. Otherwise, Cincinnati gets the W. And on a garbage call at the end of the game, still should have gotten at least one more play. <laughs> not a homer, huh? No, no, bro. I'll show you the replay. It was bad. But anyway, Seattle. Uh, Seattle, you got some concerns out there. The one guy that uh, didn't put up a touchdown, so you're not going to get a whole lot of run out of him with with highlights and this, that, the other. DK Metcalf is legit for real. If he stays healthy, DK Metcalf is going to be a very, very good number one receiver. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a horrible drop in that game. He is still the number one, but he's just holding that seat for DK Metcalf, who looked really, really good. And Chris Carson, catching the ball and running the ball. Chris Carson's a beast. And if you're not on the Chris Carson train yet, Chris Carson is Marshawn Lynch part two for this offense. Last year broke more tackles on on runs of of, uh, 10 yards or longer than anybody in football. Chris Carson is a beast. And he got more targets than any of the other receivers. Yes. So Russell Wilson in Seattle, everything's okay out there. They're still playing for second place in their division, but Seattle looked pretty good. They get away with a home victory. We'll see what happens moving forward. Arizona-Detroit ended up as a sister kisser halfway through this game. I think the ownership group in Arizona was ready to can the whole thing, try to trade Kyler Murray and get Cliff Kingsbury out of town. That offense looked putrid. And then the craziest thing happened with about 10 minutes left. Arizona comes back, scores 18 points in the second half of the fourth quarter, forces overtime. The team swapped field goals. It ends up in a tie. Detroit's got to be killing themselves this morning that they let this W get away. And, and I watched the game, most of the game, and Arizona's kind of got to be killing themselves too that they waited that long to wake up and play it. Another vampire on the Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, has still got it. Larry doing his thing, making plays down the field. The guy that I would keep my eye on out there fantasy-wise uh, with Arizona is Christian Kirk. Kirk walked out of the game with four catches for 32 yards. He had a dozen targets. And I think Christian Kirk is going to be the number one receiver in this offense. I thought that going into the end of the year, what I saw in week one was he and Kyler Murray not quite able to hook up. But I think those guys are the future for that offense. So keep your eyes on them. Um, we're going through to New York and Dallas. I told you New York, I feel, is the worst team in the NFC. Tampa Bay hosted the 49ers. 
Bruce Arians has got his hands full down there. Um, Jameis Winston, three picks. That's been the problem with Winston all along is him trying to force the ball in and make throws he's not capable of playing or, or making. Um, I'd be really, really concerned if I was Tampa Bay and if I was a Panthers fan, oh, wait, I am. I'd be really high on the fact they get to play Tampa Bay twice this year. Tampa's going to beat some people. They, yeah, it is next week. Or this week, actually. I guess it's Monday. So, yeah, three days from now. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in 49ers. This is you know the, the second reset on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, everybody out there hoping that he can stay healthy. It's going to be interesting to see. They are going to struggle to run the football with any consistency. Tevin Coleman is sort of the number one, but you got Matt Breida, Mostert's out there. I think he got injured a little bit. I think yeah. he got banged. Oh, up. he did. Coleman with the uh, with the ankle. So you're going to see a lot, a lot of Matt Breida coming out. All right. Um, let's see. I think we're through everything. Did we miss any games? No, we're good. So now on to week two, and we've got about four minutes to get through the matchups. Thursday night, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Where you at? I got Carolina. Me too. Panthers. All right. I I think the Panthers win this thing easy. I am very interested to see beyond that what Cam looks like. Um, I'm concerned about that throwing motion. He doesn't seem particularly accurate with it, and that thing takes a long time to get out of his hand. I've got concerns. We'll see. Christian McCaffrey on a short week. I'd be interested to see how many touches they let him get, but – until they sell otherwise, he's he's the best player in fantasy right now. Uh, New England, Miami. I can't oh believe you're even God. asking. New England, New England needs to. They need to play that game with a running clock. Arizona, Baltimore got a matchup of two interesting young quarterbacks. Um, Arizona, that defense didn't show me they're going to be able to shut down Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore didn't have to play a whole lot of defense, but you know they're always going to trot it out there. I think Arizona's got their hands full here. And I don't see them getting loose against Baltimore. Trent, you disagree? No, I got Ravens. All right. Anybody disagree? Everybody's on with the Ravens. Cincinnati gets open at home. First game in Cincinnati of the Zach Taylor era. I will tell you that something, even through the Marvin Lewis era, you know, my God, 17 years, 16 years, I think, in Cincinnati, I think the struggle to sell season tickets is more real this year than it's been throughout the last 15 years or so. Um, Cincinnati, I'm going to be very interested to see what the home crowd looks like for them at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, your your, your Red Raider guy, whatever his name is, Dalton, <laughs> he th- I think he threw for over 400 against Seattle, so he, I he think did. Cincinnati beats. San yeah, Francisco. me too. All right, well, John Ross isn't going to sneak up on anybody this year. I got the Bengals, so we're unanimous across the board. We got the Bengals. Then you got L.A., the Chargers, rolling into Detroit, the San Diego Chargers in Detroit. Anybody going to jump out there and take Detroit? Nope. No. No. Every, man, this is too easy. All right. So, Minnesota, Green Bay. I think Minnesota runs it down their throats. Um, so I'm going to take Green Bay. Me too, Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay. If Minnesota wins that thing, I'm not going to be shocked, but I think Aaron Rodgers and them with a week to prepare. At home. I The, home the Minnesota opener. defense is good. I don't think it's as good as Chicago's. The I t- think Green Bay gets loose. The Tundra's not frozen. All right, Jacksonville, Houston. This is a really interesting game. Houston, I think we'd have more, we'll would have have more. we have more information on them after tonight's game. Um, Jacksonville with Minnesota. I'm picking against Jacksonville. Houston. All along. I've got Houston. Houston. All right, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo and New York. I think Buffalo goes down there and wins big against the Giants. Buffalo. Wow. 
Seattle, Pittsburgh. Seattle. 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 Wow, we're unanimous through the – is there any disagreement other than the Green Bay game? Hey, coming, maybe. Wow, Indianapolis, Tennessee. I got I got the Titans all day Indy. long. I got yeah, Indy. Yeah, me too, Colts. All right, so I'm, a, I'm the lone wolf out there with Tennessee on that one. Dallas and Washington. Dallas. I'm, I've got Washington. Dallas. I got Washington. I think Dallas is fool's gold. I think Washington's going to find their way. No, I take that back. I scratch that. I can't go against you guys. Dallas is going to beat them. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, where is it going to come from? Nope, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And the other thing I want to point out real quick, that locker room is about to melt down. Adrian Peterson being a healthy scratch this week, the players are in full-down revolt mode out there. Um, They've got problems. KC, Oakland, everybody's got Kansas City. And then the Sunday night game, Chicago, Denver. I like Denver at home. All right, Chicago, Denver, New Orleans, L.A. Oh, that's a tough Saints. one. I like Saints. Saints, I'm taking the Rams. Atlanta, Philly. 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 Philly and Cleveland, New York. Cleveland. The Jets, Browns. Browns. I'm taking the Browns. We're out. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We had a cool Man, we were up against the gun. And I don't think we went over. Congratulations, fellas. This has been From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. Roll us out of here, Costin. We love you guys. Check out the podcast anywhere you find your podcast from the Cheap Seats. Peace.